0: Good evening. Um, My name is Gail. I am a grateful compulsive overeater and anorexic and my phone number is 818-679-4336 and I'm grateful to be participating in my recovery. Uh, Today is my third meeting. (laughs) I went to one this morning. I went to one this afternoon and here I am tonight. I have two different programs I work. And I always say when you have a three meeting day by the end of the day you're uh, Um there's noise in the background. Is somebody not muted? Thank you. Um uh, you're walking on air, you know you get a lot of program in your head and at least for me. Uh I feel very, you know surrendered and peaceful and the problems that i had earlier don't seem as great. Um i qualify as a compulsive overeater. Uh my top weight was 360 and as an adult i um you know it's really annoying there's background noise and clicking is somebody on the line. Thank you. Um anyways uh and As an adult, I weighed one hundred and nine pounds um, i I was born a compulsive overeater. I believe there's something in my thinking. I believe that it resides in my thinking, and I do believe it's a disease, and I do believe that the compulsive eating, overeating, and undereating are symptoms of a spiritual malady and I've been on every diet that you can think of. The only two things I didn't do were uh have my mouth wired and had uh, my stomach stapled. And I kind of scoff at the stomach stapling because I would hear the ads and I think I would just eat right through it. Um I've been abstaining since uh February 9th, two thousand nine. I was fifty-nine years old and uh my abstinence is three meals a day, and there's one thing I don't eat, <laughs> and it's my heroin. And uh, I'm not rigid. My meals have been smaller. They've been larger. Uh, I wear an 8 or a 10. I don't weigh myself because it seems to drive me to focus on dieting. and uh, I vacillated a little in my weight, but I have not compulsively ate because when I compulsively eat, eat, I don't come back. (laughs) It's onwards and upwards. And, you know, when I got to, it was between 350 and 360, I thought I never could go over 200 (laughs) and I did. And that's when I first came into the program and, um, 1983, I had 100 pounds to lose, and I thought, that's my bottom, and I abstained for seven years, and I had a 19-year relapse, and I was very embarrassed and very ashamed when I came back. Uh, My brother, God rest his soul, he passed away, but he was my Eskimo for me to come back on February 9th, and uh, I think of him often. And I would thank him, and he said, don't thank me. He said, you've done the work. So I believe I was born with this disease. Uh, My mother was obsessed with my weight. She was an anorexic. I had a brother and a sister, and she didn't bother them. You know, and they were a little bit pudgy. I was never really overweight, but she uh, had me on diets. And uh, I'll just generally say... (laughs) There was abuse, and uh, she treated me different. And when I was around nine years old, she had me on MetraCal. If you're from the, I'm 73 now. Uh, In the 50s, there was a drink called MetraCal, and she would give me that for dinner, and she would serve everybody else the dinner. And I had cleanup committee. And I really believe that's when I got into the um, binge and diet syndrome. Even though I was never much overweight, uh, when I graduated high school, I'm five foot eight. I weighed 145 pounds, and I felt obese. And that's why I know it resides, you know, in my thinking. Uh, so, and also when I was 11, she let me go to a diet doctor. Back then, they gave you speed. I had a red, yellow, and green pill, and I think I was the speediest little 11-year-old you'd ever see. Uh, my sister had told me when in my early 20s that she had seen pictures. Uh, we had an 8-millimeter film, and she said, you know, for your birthday, you were the thinnest of all your friends. And she said, all I remember is mom always had you on diets, and it was just a matter of contention. You know, we battled. <laughs> So she had me on diets and I would turn around and binge and do the cleanup committee and eat everything in sight because I was hungry. And uh, like I said, it didn't get progressive until I would say my early 20s. And I probably went up to like 180, 190. And then I would get in a relationship, drop the weight. So it was a yo-yo. Diet, if you're in a relationship, get thin. If not, you can binge your brains out. And vacillate. And then in 1977, uh, I probably was about 200 pounds. I don't remember exactly. But uh, one of my customers in Beverly Hills uh, offered for me to go on the protein-sparing fast diet, and he paid for it. He did have (laughs) ulterior motives, and I was kind of naïve. But anyways, I took advantage of one more diet, (laughs) and it was in Century City, and I went there. And I mean, I'm a queen of diets. I mean, you tell me what to eat, how to eat, uh, take the vitamins. I did everything they asked, and the weight just melted off me. And about four months in, I decided, well, I've gotten down. I can handle this now. And uh, I stopped going to the uh, clinic, or to the, I guess it was a clinic, and I did my own, which was uh, starve for four to six weeks and binge, and then feel, uh, when you're as thin as I was, if you ate anything, your stomach popped out, and I had severe dysmorphia of my body, and I would feel like a snake, and I could just see in my stomach because my stomach went inwards, and I got compulsive about measuring my arms, measuring my knees, measuring my waist. I knew every part of my body the size, and I was just obsessed of getting even thinner and thinner. And uh, when I was 109 pounds, I took strychnine, and I ended up in Cedar sinai and they didn't have an antidote. And the doctors looked over me and they said, you know, you have no body fat. You're consuming your muscles. And all I could think of, well, you know, that'll knock a good nine pounds off and I'll be really thin. And I obsessively exercised, too, during that time. Uh, I was in a relationship. We broke up. He said he couldn't stand to look at me. You know, I was just so emaciated. And uh, mentally I was off, for sure. You know, just and I I got put on medication. And throughout the years, um, I I believe because of my childhood, my mom had money at this time, and she was constantly – well, I was in and out of jail, too, because I did drugs, alcohol, and food. And uh, she felt guilty. And so she paid for me to these top-notch psychiatrists where I went in and manipulated and never talked about my alcoholism or my drug addiction. And I remember, uh, you know, I could get about any pill, and I just was a hot mess. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, at one time, I had a doctor as who uh, came into our shop where I worked, and uh, I went to see him, and I, I still have that paper. I wrote out he asked me why I was there. And I said, I just have this compulsion. I can't stop eating. I have a problem with food. And I knew I did, but I I just thought I was the only person. I just, I would see other people and I say, how do they stop? How do, How does somebody put food on their plate and not go back? How do they, you know, and I would eat food out of the trash. I would I was a waitress at different times and I would eat the food that was left. I had no pride. If I needed food, I would get it. And, uh, that's why I relate to the big book so much too, with the compulsively eating, because I was like, I'm an addict. And, um, when I found this program, uh, so after trying to commit suicide, I continued on. And, uh, when I came into the rooms in uh, December 16th, 1982. And I had been in program when I was 18. My dad tried to get help for me because I was arrested for grand theft auto and narcotics. And I would just scoff and I'd look at them and I'd say, well, they don't know how to drink or use drugs. (laughs) You know, they're, they're just sick. And I had a lot of judgment. So, uh, When I came in December 16th, 1982, I got sober, and this woman took me under her wing, and it was December, January, February, and in March, and I don't remember the date, we met at a meeting, and I was wearing white sweatpants, and she looked at me, and she said, you know, you shouldn't be wearing white sweatpants at your weight, and I looked at her, and I said, okay. Um, She said, there is a program that might really help you. That was my Eskimo. I couldn't believe it. She said, there's a a program like AA, but it's for food. And I said, really? And she told me, she said, find a meeting. And so I did. And I jumped in with both feet. Uh, The first meeting I went to, it was like a festival. (laughs) That's all I can say. There were over 200 people, and it was in Glendale, California. And there was a stage and I walked in and the room was buzzing and lots of people and people were up on stage and they were talking about eating out of the trash and starving themselves and anorexics and vomiters and every different type and, you know, compulsive eating. And they're up on the stage and they're saying, yeah, you know, I I would throw food away in the trash and I would get it out and I wouldn't eat for days. And I'm like, I was struck shocked I'm like people are talking about this in front of all these people i was I found my tribe I found my home. I got abstinent I got a sponsor I did a thorough um fourth step uh I went to meetings i do, i worked both programs uh I weighed about two hundred and twenty five when I came in. I lost the weight by that was in March and by December, I had basically, you know, dropped the weight, and uh, I proceeded to get involved in a relationship with somebody, and uh, for some reason, I always thought it was a year, but I guess it was a year from when I got sober, not a year since I got abstinent. But anyways, um, after the first of the year, I did a thorough fourth step that took me about seven or eight hours to read it to my sponsor. She had many years of uh, recovery. And uh, she sat there and, you know, she kept telling me, do not do it fast. Don't, you know, do it thorough, right? A thorough inventory because everybody has their own opinion. And that's another thing. What I'm saying, this is how the program has helped me. This is how I work the program Uh I suggest you read the first 164 pages of the big book and uh, get a OA 12 and 12. I use the AA 12 and 12 mostly, but both, either of those. And that's where the program is. You know, this is my opinion. This is what works for me. And there's several, there's many ways to work this. I do have to say when I came back into the rooms, I I did accept a power... Greater than myself. I had been raised Catholic, and uh, I remember when I was eighteen, I just turned away. I just said, "I don't believe in God." Not for everything that's happened to me, and I seemed to go to hell in a handbasket from that point on. So when I went to my first meeting, I they said, "You know, it doesn't matter. You can use the group. You can use a doorknob. You can use anything as long as it's not yourself." And I said, well, to myself, I do believe in God. But I've seen people that are atheists that this program works. So uh, I I turned every nook and cranny in that uh, uh, inventory. I said everything that I would take to my grave. I would think I would never tell anybody. And I told her everything I could remember. And it was so freeing. You know, Thank you. Thank you. Um, I remember when I walked out of there, you know, people say you have different feelings and, you know, I just felt relief, but over time I really see. So anyways, I got married, I lost my abstinence and, uh, I came back in February, 2009 through my brother and, uh, I went to my first meeting, and a woman held out her hand at the door and said, are you a newcomer? And I said, no, I've been in relapse for almost 19 years. And I did try to get it myself. I had friends in AA. I stayed sober, but I did not stay abstinent. And uh, she gave me her number, and she said, call me. And she said, what's your binge? I told her. And she said, don't eat that. It's a whole thing. It's involved in many foods. But stay off that and eat anything else, and we're going to consider at the end of 30 days that you have 30 days of abstinence. abstinence. So I came home, and I'm very stubborn. So I said, I'm not going to eat all day long. I had a meal, then I had another meal, and that was the start of my abstinence. And I don't know when I lost the weight. She didn't ask me to commit my food. Um, I've been a vegetarian. I've been raw. (laughs) I, you know, tried different types of eating. Uh, All I can say is the sanity. When I came back, it wasn't even so much about the weight loss. And I don't remember um, when actually the weight was removed. I do know at one point I was working at a... Uh, warehouse out in Pacoima, and my boss was in Europe, and I was there by myself, and my pants dropped around my ankles, and I go, oh, my God, they're so loose, and um, I just had no idea that, you know, I was losing, I knew they were loose, but I had to tie them on. (laughs) Uh, When I started my abstinence the second day, February 10th, I couldn't get on my knees. If I fell on my knees, I couldn't get up. I was so obese, I'm, I'm small framed, and uh, I told God that, you know, I would be on my knees when I could. Uh, I can hike 10 miles, I have good health, I went back to school, and uh, I'm studying right now, I'm studying to be an attorney, <laughs> and I had gotten my real estate license. Um. I have a son who's 36 who did not recognize me when I lost the weight. He didn't recognize me at all. Uh, It's like I stepped out of this body, and even my landlord said he wouldn't recognize me if he saw me. Um, It's a gift. Is my life perfect? No. But I pray and meditate every day. I spend about 20 minutes. Um, I go to a lot of meetings. I write. I share. I work with others. I have two or three women that I use as sponsors. Uh, When I need to write and get it out, I do it. Uh, I sponsor, I go to meetings. I I would say I average about four to six a week, depending. Um, I work two jobs. I study. Um, I don't have everything I want. I have everything I need. Financially, I'm solvent. I cannot believe it. I had raised my son on my own. We got divorced. And uh, his father passed away when he was 15. And there was a lot of anger and resentment towards my ex-husband, and that was one of the first inventories I did. And um, he passed away, but I went to the cemetery, and I realized I think a lot of this in program is taking responsibility for my actions. And that's what I have learned. I mean, even up until the last few weeks, I've had a few resentments going. And uh, I did writing, writing, writing. And I really discovered, you know, that it's, it's not the person, it's me. And I made changes. And I had another situation where I had a resentment towards this other woman. And I texted her and we spoke today and uh, she didn't know that I had a reason. Oh, that's my time? Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, you know, I want to live happy, joyous, and free. I believe it's a program of action and I can't wait to hear from you. And uh, thank you for asking me to be of service. That's it.